drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slay's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo. Touchdown to Cornelius, Marvin Jones. Stafford! Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Cornelius. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid. What is going on, everybody? Back here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast on a Wednesday. And, I mean, it may be off-season. People may say it's, you know, before the combine. The draft's still eight weeks away. You know, all these reasons. But the NFL is the, <laughs> the biggest thing in town. And there are rumors swirling about our Detroit Lions. So, Grifka, this should be a good show. And before I bring you on, Grifka, we're going to do some game reviews. We're going to be talking uh, the first two games of the season, giving people our thoughts. We put our eyes back on those games. So that should be uh, should be good to talk some uh, talk some football and all the things going on with the Lions. Grifka, how are you, buddy? Doing good. Doing good. Like, uh, like you mentioned, I mean, uh, football, you know, they do a really good job of staying in the news. That, uh, you know, keeps people interested. Even with the XFL going, I still believe the NFL does get more uh more uh news on uh sports channels and uh like you mentioned it's pretty interesting to go back and uh, look at these games and rewatch them again yeah man we'll do that uh this episode friday we're gonna talk about the next two and two per week uh just the highlights we mean you watch the uh, youtube versions a bit uh shorter we just want to sort of re-talk about some of the points maybe things we notice now that we uh, forgot about because it was a long, brutal season for the Detroit Lions. But Grifka, we'll get to that here in a moment. Right off the top, news and notes. I mean, I think it's only fitting to ask you. It's your boy. You shook his hand. You love the guy. You want to pay him whatever he wants. We already talked about the dollars and cents, the the absolute uh, money for Darius Slay. But lots of trade rumors. When it comes out from Adam Schefter's Twitter you know it just got real. Darius Slay, possible trade. We would have to give him a new contract if they deal him. I mean, I know you've probably been crying the last couple of days thinking about this reality, but uh, your boy may be on the move. What do you think? It makes me sad. You know, from uh, oh, me uh, being a uh, fan of, of the team, it does. It makes me sad. The guy It's probably, I feel he's the best defender on the team. And... Uh, you know, it'd uh, be really sad to uh, see him walk away and go play for some other team that, you know, possibly play against us. And, uh, you know, um, it is. It's just, uh, I don't know. That's just will, how will, I feel about will it. Will you cry? Will you have a man to your Griff if he leaves? No, I'm not that. Gosh, give me a break. <laughs> I haven't cried over right, sports since I was a kid. <laughs> give me a break. I'll, I'll pull, the, uh, pull the music down uh, then if you're not that sad. Uh, but... I mean, talk me through it. Like, uh, you know where the Lions are. You know where he's at money-wise. You know what he means to this team, what he could be to a contender. Like, I mean, it's got to be more than he's good. You like him. You don't want to see him leave. Or is it? Like, like I said, I think he's really the, 
he can really be the leader of that defensive backfield. I mean, he uh, he's not one of those quiet leaders. It seems like the Lions have had in the past. You know, your boy Calvin Johnson and you know Barry Sanders, one of those quiet leaders. He's he's kind of out in front. He's boisterous, and uh, you know he's, he has that self confidence out there, even when you know he gets you know beat up, you know, and burned in games. He's he's got that quick that quick uh you know, return, you know, and doesn't remember things really well, you know, like a good defensive back should. So that's, that's what I think. I mean, I still believe he locks down, you know, half the field. I mean, yeah, he does get, you know, um, matched up against teams, you know, a lot of one-on-one. And I mentioned this before, I don't think he's like a top, you know, he's not the top cornerback in the league. And But still, I mean, I think he can do a lot for this team. And if he doesn't, you know, I guess, you know, mesh well with the coaching staff or, you know, it could, it could be one of those reasons. Plus, like you said, what he's looking for, he wants to get paid, you know, like the top cornerback out there and he's not the top cornerback. So if that's one of those things he can go out there and say like, Oh yeah, I want to, you know, stay here in Detroit. I want to retire in Detroit, but yeah, pay me the, the top cornerback. And I, I mean, I love the guy, but I, I come on, man, you ain't the, you ain't the best cornerback out there. I mean, that's, that's, that's just, that's just kind of foolish. So, I can see Detroit doing the due diligence and other teams are like, yeah, we'll pay you top, you know, top dollar. Cause we think we're close. Maybe Detroit doesn't think they're that close, you know, and uh, other teams are more than willing to like, you know, make a run and trade some stuff away. Kind of like the way Chicago did a couple years ago with Khalil Mack. And now we all hear, you know, Chicago's looking to get rid of Khalil Mack. So it's, it is. It's very disheartening, you know, to the fan base as from the GM side, sort of view, if, um, if you're not willing to pay him that much and, you know, sink that much cash into him you have to listen but um i think one of those things like you just can't go oh we got a sixth round pick for the guy that's just i don't i mean you may feel different but i just think that's just a waste i mean i'm not saying you're getting a king's ransom you're not looking oh i need a first round and then you know number two and then next year's first round you're not you're not looking at that either but uh i mean if somebody's to offer him that yeah go get it but uh, i mean i think you have to get a wise trade you know second third i mean i love the guy i might be overshooting him but i'm hearing stuff like yeah you'll go get him for like a fifth this year and a third next year uh, okay that you I mean there's there's a lot of scrap that you can trade that to i actually saw that one out there i'm like yeah okay that's that's kind of crappy so yeah i i'm kind of surprised you're even in that realm of, of being somewhat open or just even though you're going to be a very very sad as the music said but um you know, the long and short of it for me is that, you know, it, there, there's no doubt, like, Slay's good. I mean, you say it a million times on the show. All these people say it. He's a good player. Uh, people starting to all of a sudden, now he's a, the best player on the Lions, and he's the best this and the best that, and now that he might be on the way out. Like, I I always rep Slay as a as a a good player, you know, at his position. Now you went into some leadership and leading the DBs and this, that, and the other. That's sort of my issue with him is that his attitude in regards to having fun and being a, you know, yeah, I play hard and yeah, I want to be a great corner, but he, he's, he's not the guy in the, in the middle of the huddle getting everybody fired up. He's not the guy that's bearing down, you know, on uh, fourth and short, putting his blood, sweat, and tears into it. He's he's out there doing his technique, you know, covering his man. Like you say, you said lock down half the field. I mean, he does, you know, deal with the number one, but I can't say there's many games I go into it thinking, oh, oh man, I, I can't wait to see how Slay dominates the game today. He's just he's just sort of there, does his thing. You don't notice him too much, which is a good, good thing. And uh, 
can be a bad thing at times, but my whole thing is it's all about value. It's all about the price tag. It's all about his age. You know, people say you, you, I think I wrote Matt Derry from lockdown lions yesterday. He was going on and on about, you got to keep good players. It's just like, yeah, we get it. We want to keep good players, but we also, everybody has their value. Everybody has a number. Everybody has an, yeah. If you creep up in age, if Darius Slay was doing this the second, thir- third year in the league and had his whole career in front of him, you know, we were having a different discussion, but since he's down the road a bit and he's been here quite a few years and it's not like, you know, three, four years ago, people were acting like this is our defensive stalwart, just absolute, you know, top three corner in all of football. One of the greatest of all time. I mean, that's not where he is now. All the contracts are going up. So I'm definitely in the camp of, yeah, man, if they can keep him and know he's going to not hold out and know it's not going to be a huge issue and add another corner. Yeah. That's, that's great for 2020 and maybe 2021. Absolutely. Like makes our team better. would love to combo him up with another top corner and let's roll on defense. But if they know it's going to be issue, if they think, you know, he's not settling for anything under seven, 17 million is a lot for a cornerback. Now you bust on Trey flowers all day, every day for 18 million bucks. How many sacks does he have? Okay. It's like, I'd much rather give that kind of money to what a 26 year old, big physical defensive end that, that is quiet, loves football, you know, bought into the scheme, you know, loves the head coach, all that type of stuff is worth worth money as well so i i guess again getting around to my side of it is just like i'm on the i'm on the trade side right now which is just like it feels like the right time just like it did when me and you were here arguing about golden tate you're about ready to hand him 10 12 million dollars for three years and i was saying uh, you know it's probably time to flip that asset which they did and it's that's the kind of feel i'm getting from slay from a team perspective leadership as well as now either do it now or you're not going to do it either the contract's just going to run out or his play is going to depreciate or he's not going to be happy so i i just think it's much more than hey keep good players pay the guy as i see online all day long so it'll be interesting though we'll, we'll see what happens would you expect something to maybe happen before the draft or after or where would you peg it if they are going to move on or finally just say no he's he's going to be on our team or he's not going to play football in 2020 when do you think that occurs if the lions are looking to move him and quinn and patricia are i guess for lack of a term you know working for their jobs this this season i think they need to trade him beforehand because it does them no good for him to trade him after the draft and get you know draft picks next year I mean, that really doesn't, then you're just kind of, I don't want to say you're buying into hope at that point, hoping your team has a good year and whoever you, you, you replace them with, you know, fills his shoes more than adequately. So I think the trade has to happen for them, you know, before the draft, if they're going to get a, if they're getting picks this year to show like, this is what we flipped him for, because you can't go with, the, you can't sell the hope afterwards saying, yeah, we got a number three next year for him and you're not around there to recoup the benefit of it. So I think it has to happen before the draft if he's going to get traded. Yeah. I mean, I like it before, but I I don't think that, you know, you're going to get all the assets for him anyway, right away. So even if you make it before the draft, you might get a two this year, future pick, you know, and then that frees up that money to go spend, you know, if you do it early enough, you know, uh, round to start or 
as free agency is still cooking, you know, we could take that money and, and move it into a different direction. That'd kind of be my ideal scenario. But I, I just don't buy into this whole Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia, that they're just so hung up on, you know, we got, we got one more year. We got to just, we got to do it. Like it's such a big storyline, but I think they're, they know there's pressure. There's pressure every year, the head coach and a GM, and they just, it's not like they've been not trying to put a good football team out there the last couple of years. Injured first year as a coach. He tried to flip over the organization. So I think they're probably just going to go about it as is. And they're either going to be good and stay and put up a good record or they're not. And the people that powers that be are going to let them go. I don't know that it's this all in play like people people make it to be. But like I say, we, we could talk about it for days. Uh, let's go ahead and we'll table it. I'm sure it'll be my, many more shows that will open and talking about your boy, the guy you shook his hand, Darius Slay. But uh, we'll talk about Stafford and Tua on Friday. So make sure you check into the Kool-Aid cast then. Grifka, let's pay some bills. Let's get our sponsors in here. And when we come back, we're talking about the Arizona Cardinals, the opener, the road opener, where uh, Matt Stafford was dealing Kenny, the Hawk, put in uh, a game for the ages. And then the fourth quarter happened. And we're also going to recap what we saw live in person against the Chargers and what we noticed now or what we focused on that maybe we didn't back then when it was actually happening. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, everybody. We're back. And we are back in the time machine. This is... When when was this game? This was this was September of 2019. We traveled down to Arizona, the big toaster oven out there in Arizona, to play the Arizona Cardinals. Grifka's favorite player, Kyler Murray. I mean, he just loves this guy. We go in there, and the Lions. <laughs> Grifka, I made some bullet points. We'll work our way through them, but I mean. Kick us off here of either something you noticed or one of your takeaways that you got for this game, because there is lots to talk about watching this back again. Okay. Um, one of my biggest takeaways, especially early in the game, is for how little Stafford played in the preseason. He looked pretty sharp early on. He really did. I, he, he seemed like he picked up the offense really well. Um, I know that's what they were kind of saying in the preseason, you know, during practice that, you know, he's picking it up, he's doing good, but sometimes you kind of take that as coach speak, but no, really, I, I really thought Stafford looked really, really good early on. Um, you know, he was threading the needle on some passes that you saw. I mean, probably one I know you'll probably hit on it later is that touchdown pass he threw to Kenny where he just threaded the needle and Kenny made a great catch. But, um, 
you know, finding the guys in the field, especially, um, you know, open. He wasn't trying to force the ball anywhere. You mentioned Hawk. He found him on, you know, hitting him in stride a lot where Hawk didn't have to stop or reach behind him, jump, you know, to make some spectacular catch. He was hitting him in stride where Hawk was just able to turn and go upfield. Um, he, he looked really, really comfortable, and that's where I know where me and you had chatted about it, where, you know, we're expecting big things from him, you know, last season. And um, this game kind of proved that. Yeah, I'm with you, uh, of course, Grifka on the show. It's part of my job and duty to bust your chops a little bit. So I agree with your point that he looked good throughout the football game. Yet early, I have here on my notebook that it was 0-0 after the first quarter um, in this game. So he, he didn't start off cooking. He maybe had a pass or two, but both teams kind of stalled out there in the beginning of this game. But my first bullet point, you want to know what it is, Grifka, on my notes? Fun um, watching number nine sling it to number 88. <laughs> there was, as you noted, a couple crossing routes, a couple balls right on the money. One out route that I remember where he just sort of dropped back. Hawk ran like a little in and then busted to the sideline. And this ball was just put perfectly out there where he could catch it, uh, turn up field. It was just a classic. Same with a couple over the middle where he just put it up over the linebacker. Hawkinson ran under it and ran up field. Great to watch, man. It's kind of like that's the reason we're doing this is because a lot of people, I mean, everybody got down on this team towards the end of the year because they weren't seeing Hawkinson, Stafford throwing the football the way he does. They weren't seeing some of these skill guys. Even every time I saw Kerryon Johnson run it, it sort of reminded me of the burst he has. And even though he runs upright, like the, uh, little, the ability he brings when he's a healthy body out there. So, again, good to turn the clock back and check that out. Grifka, I've got 6.57 left in quarter one. And I got here in big, bold print. What a great pick by the former 747, the newly dubbed number 21. Kyler Murray runs out, throws up a lollipop on the right sideline, and T-Walk comes flying out of the sky, picks this ball off, gets the toes down with a little uh, toe drag swag, and then... Then the high step from from one sideline to the other just made me just smile ear to ear. I mean, I need more of that in 2020 because this is the guy's first game basically playing back there at safety. And he makes this play. And I'm thinking, man, we got we're going to expect this, you know, for the next X amount of years. But it was one of his few picks of the season or I can't remember if he got another one. I I would hope he got at least one more. But uh, this right off the bat was great to see. And. I'm really hoping we get more of that swag and that play from number 21. Yeah, that would, uh, yeah, I had that noted as well. What a great pick he had. Um, you agree with me? Uh-huh. And, um, but then, uh, once again, I mean, the Lions were, you know, collapsing the pocket on Murray at points, and they had, they had some sacks. But once again, Murray showed off his athleticism. And, I mean, he was able to scramble out of a lot of pressure. He got some ball, the ball thrown away. You mentioned that a lot of the pass there that T-Walk picked off. But, uh, you know, they, once again, they, they said, you know, Lions had trouble, you know, which a lot of defenses do. But, you know, at some point, I mean, you know, I guess keeping Kyler Murray in the pocket. And they, they let him get it. They let him get the ball you know, out of his hand, you know, yeah, he threw some away, but still, I mean, it was one of those things that's just, uh, it kind of showed, I want to say, I was looking back at it, maybe kind of like the lack of speed that the defense had, uh, with that. I mean, Kyler Murray's good, but he's not Lamar Jackson. So 
Yeah, I mean, he is one of the fastest, most elusive quarterbacks. But, uh, you know, watching this game again, Griffith, a little different, wasn't it, with that defensive line when basically all our guys are up and running and we weren't running the 3-8 defense. We had some some pressure throughout this game, which gave Kyler Murray fits in the beginning. And then, like you say, he was able to get rolling late in the football game. Here's a couple other notes I got. Matt Prater splits the uprights from absolutely deep, which he's been known to do. I mean, absolute stud, Matt Prater. I also have here that Mike Daniels. Hey, Mike, if you ever listen to this, I'm sorry. And I don't have the sound drop, unfortunately. But I have here, Mike Daniels is fat. <laughs> Real fat. He had a he had a time where he got after the got through the middle. He's trying to run after Kyler Murray. Gosh, he looked like a slob in his jersey. Come on, Mike Daniels. Like I thought you were this absolute beast. You look like you've been hitting the buffet a little too much. That was rough to watch again. Um and then you talked about the ball that was kind of threaded to Kenny Galladay. What I have here on my notes is an easy touchdown where Kenny just waltzed across the middle of the defense. Matt Stafford let everything else clear out. And then I could have made this pass. He just dropped it uh, right over the middle. Nobody even in the screen and Kenny Galladay high steps to the end zone, which again, the high step between Kenny and, and T walk. I got to give it to T walk just with the swagginess and the uh, veracity that he did it across the field but Kenny's was much smoother uh, as he waltzed into the end zone so 17 to 3 at the half Grifka um, I've got here with the biggest play to me in the game the reason this game is not chalked up as a W goes all the way back to 130 left in the half we're dominating them 17 nut Grifka's probably trying to figure out what's going to go wrong I'm sitting there going Man, we're just we're just crushing this midget and his and his band of bums and then all of a sudden 130 left deep in our territory punt Jamal Agnew puts it on the carpet and then they somehow we hold him out of the end zone but that's the only reason they got three points the half so Grifka for all the beating up you did about the defense for all the boohoo you did about Matt Patricia not knowing what he's doing basically 17 zip against the Cardinals in the first half there um, looking good putting pressure getting after it uh, number 21 showing up all over the field Heck of a half for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, but l- like you had mentioned, I mean, they did, they played really well. But that muff punt, I mean, it did give them a little, bo- little momentum, a little confidence, you know, stuff like that. And I know you always, like, make fun of me. I'm like, A lot of back. momentum. Jamal Agnew, I'd have cut him right there. I'd have sent him on the bus at halftime. Get the hell yeah, out of here. But, but the, if you did that, then you wouldn't have a talking point for the Eagles game. So, well, I know we'll talk about <laughs> yeah, that on that's, Friday. That's, that's the one or <laughs> He makes about three plays a year. Like, it's just not worth it for me for this garbage. Like, catch the damn football. That that was that was that was big. I mean, I have another point that I think really really uh, affected this game as well. You know, in, you know, in the second half. But you're right. I mean, that was, you know, that was that was big. You're up seventeen, nothing. Think you got this. You know, we you think got this. You know, the first half all wrapped up, and you, you held them to a punt, and you give them the ball back at what, like the five. So, but yeah, the defense did bow their back with that, uh, having to go right back out in the field and keeping them out of the end zone. So, Griffco, please tell me somewhere in your sheet you have the same thing I do, which I only wrote this down to make you happy because part of me when we're doing these reviews was like, you know, what we should do is just have the the Oakery top five or ten moments of positivity, and then your five to ten of of you hating on the team or finding something negative. But I wrote a negative here that would make you happy. I have Dex struggled on my notes. 
he gave up a he gave up quarterback fumble. He gave up another sack where Matt Stafford I thought was dead after he got hit. Um, I'm sure that I'm sure that brought you joy. No, actually, I didn't point that out because I know you know somewhere you know because I've I've beat that horse too much. Everybody already knows that. So <laughs> it's it's the three plays that 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 are bad a game you always find. Yet these three I acknowledge is bad because they were a fumble, big sack, and uh, another time he got beat and did the old shrug of the shoulders or the old ah oh, dang. It's like yeah, dang. You, you freaking start blocking someone there. Sixty eight. Gosh. So 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 we're at half. Seventeen three. We're rolling. Uh, let's see what else I got here. 17, six after the third quarter. And then, you know, my favorite play of the first game, not only because you said he was going to just be an absolute abomination, but the guy came out and set the all time record for tight ends in their debut. Uh, the 20, uh, what do I have here? 24 to six after Matt Stafford goes cross cross field no look to tj hawkinson goes up and snatches it and then goes with the hawk spike i absolutely loved it so fourth quarter it's 24 6 i mean are you freaking kidding me like how how do we tie this ball game i'm still trying to figure it out yeah um, you can fill me in well like you said that was uh you went up 24 to 6 and that was real early in the fourth but I, the key play, I think, uh, another key play that happened shortly, just a couple minutes after that, and I jotted that down, was it uh, Christian Kirk? It was right around, like, was it a uh, little over 12 minutes left in the quarter? And people are like, oh, it's still a lot of time, but big deal. Well, it's um, Christian Kirk. He ran, though, I think it was the end of round or something like that. And they were, it was, it was, it was a third down or something like that. And, and the Lions defense played it pretty well, but they missed like a lot of tackles, and Kirk was Your able boy to get. Quandre. What's that? Your boy Quandre? Q missed that one. Yep, and um, yeah. he missed, that was in the that was behind the line of scrimmage, and then as he got closer to the line, a couple more guys missed him, and he broke up and he broke him um, free and got you know about like another eight nine yards on the play and kept the drive alive, you know, and that um and moved him into field goal range. And the Lions held him to a field goal. And it was like, okay, it's just a field goal, 24-9. But if they were to get him behind the line of scrimmage, not even get the first down, they weren't they were, they were in field goal range. They would have had to punt the ball or would have had to go for it on fourth down. So I know at that point, you know, with 12 minutes left in the game, you might, might not think that's a big point. But really, it kept the drive alive and got him three points. So, and I know at that point, I remember, you know, was it even during the game they were talking like, you know, what, you know, you're down 24 to six, you know, what, what good does the three do? But still we saw in the end what, what happened. So I thought that was a big point. You know, some people might just kind of like blow that off, but I thought that was kind of huge. Yeah. The missed tackle, you go back and watch it. Like one thing we're hoping is if you guys are out there, like just, just go to YouTube, type in uh, Lions Cardinals, 2019, find the NFL version. I think it's about 12, 13 minutes, whatever it is. Watch this game because this this play jumps out that Grifka brings up. It's a it's a absolute blow. I don't know what Quandre Diggs is doing. I had to rewind it a few times to make sure it wasn't twenty one, but you know I'm I'm almost hundred percent certain it was Diggs that flew past. Just I don't know if he's trying for the kill shot or what he was doing, but he totally misses him. Uh, big play, move the sticks, kind of keep things going. And I have here in my notes twenty four to sixteen with 
240 left and then i just have a big wtf like how do we lose this game and then i remember before that i didn't write it down but it was 24 and then they they dropped a touchdown on us i can't remember if they went for two so what 24 to 10 it probably was or 24 to uh yeah it had to be somewhere around there like before kyler murray threw that ball right up the seam with six minutes left in the fourth quarter over the top of i think it was jalen reeves maven for a touchdown where all you got to do is keep the ball in front of you at that point and and take another couple minutes off the clock they score on that one play six minutes and then we're still up by eight points with 240 left, and these guys come down and not only get a touchdown, but a two-point? Come on now. Yeah, and once again, like you said to the, our listeners, go back and look, watch this. And the amount of pressure that the Lions were getting in the first half, that was nowhere they were nowhere near that in the fourth quarter. I don't know if they were just sitting back hoping to, like, you know, the clock's our friend here, just, you know, keep stuff in front of them. But like you said... Defensive laps, ball, you know, Jalen Reeves, maybe ball got behind him, you know, for the touchdown. So it's, you know, I, I don't know. It's just like everybody wants know, to though. scream, stay aggressive, but I don't know. There's 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 points where Murray's just back to just scan in the field and nobody was <laughs> near him. So Yeah, I I don't know. Everybody will have to tell us out there if you agree with Grifka on that. Because I went back a couple times and I felt like we were almost getting home on a few plays and he was just barely getting out of a reach or making a, making a little scramble and then a throw, you know, even a couple of his completions to like Larry Fitz. And I mean, he's got, he's got either Coleman or T walk right in the hip pocket. And somehow he made a couple plays. So, so anyway, let's just fast forward. Somehow they not only get a touchdown, they throw a, an out route for the two point and, and Tracy Walker, like a, two, three steps slow, can't get out there, can't make the play. They tie the football game. You know, I don't remember what we did. We didn't have any juice to get down and, and, and get it at that point. And then we go to OT, and so the, the Cardinals come right out the gate, and they're they're about ready to beat us. They they made a big play down the football field. I want to say it was to Fitz. Then they got really close to the end zone, and somebody made a tackle. Uh, I want to say Quandre, or somebody made kind of a saving tackle where it looked like the guy was going to just run into the end zone untouched. And then we hold them to a field goal. Matt Stafford comes back down, puts a drive together. Looks like we're about to win this with a touchdown. Then we stall out. Then the teams go back and forth. And then I have here on my notes, like, the game's a tie at this point. Like, you pretty much know we're not going to make anything happen. With, like, 20-some seconds left, or maybe less, I think it was around 20 seconds, Matt Stafford throws a blind pass to the far right sideline. It's it's either a pick six or it's a pick, go out of bounds, kick the field goal, and beat us. And... Gosh, I remember complaining about that, saying, like, how do you even make that 10-plus years in? It's inexcusable when I watched it again. Like, how he got away with that, where they didn't beat us in, like, crazy fashion. And the, the city would have killed him if he throws that pick with, t- you know, 20 or less seconds. They kick a field goal, beat us on the opener. Man, the guy absolutely dropped. I think, again, I could have made the pick. Griffka, you might even be able to catch that one. Like, I don't know how it didn't happen, but Matt Stafford, that's inexcusable, man. To to make the decision, the throw, and the timing, oh, my goodness. What are you doing? Yeah, that actually, you said 20 seconds. I jotted down it was more like seven seconds is when he threw that pass. It was right, right. next to the it sideline. Was... If he catches it, he just falls out of bounds. You know, it's and like it was, they don't even have to run It was just enough to beat us, though. 
Like yeah. all they had to do was catch it, go out of bounds, run their kicker out there, and the game's over. Like right. it was what in the twenty yard line he would have had it twenty yeah, twenty five so. yard line. Like, yeah, and like yeah. right before that, like you, you mentioned Stafford has been around for a while, but what about like right before that? Like was it like the thirty five second mark? Amendola catches the ball and doesn't get out of bounds. It's like right. What are you doing? You know so. Anyway, but you're right. That's yeah. a disappointing game. Like I mean, we talked about it, you know, when we covered it, it felt like a loss. You know, they dominated a lot of that <laughs> game, but that uh, it felt like a loss afterwards. <laughs> we got to get the Chargers, but I can't let you get away with that. You thought it felt like a loss. I uh-huh. did what I did when I went and watched this tape back, which is like you go and watch this. For three quarters, it's all Lions highlights. It's deep ball to Amendola. It's a touchdown to Kenny. It's runs by Carrion. It's Hawk all over the field. It Marvin has some great what? catches. Marvin has some Marvin, great catches. It's it's like twenty four to nine or twenty four to six late in the fourth quarter. I mean, how a team could not only tie or even become close to losing that still makes no sense to me. Like we dominated that game and and. And yeah, they just made plays for not even a quarter. It was like literally maybe a half or two thirds of the fourth quarter and some plays in OT that cost us that dang game. That's that's one you got to put away. They played way too well, uh, way too good throughout the game to uh, let that slip away. So you may see it as a loss. I still look back and say, wow, we, we beat the piss out of the Cardinals and came away with a tie. That's embarrassing. Grifka, let's get to the Chargers. <laughs> me and, like me, a and, loss. <laughs> me and you were there. <laughs> Yeah, but you can't take away the play. Like, you know, the the better team did not win that game. I'll tell you that first and well, foremost. Neither so. team won that game, so. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but the Cardinals were just, they were fortunate. They were sitting there high-fiving that they got a tie out of that damn game. Anyway, you're getting me hot, Griffco. We got to move to the Chargers. <laughs> me and you were there in person. Carry on Johnson. I have here was talk about the screen pass. He gets a screen. He, he double juggles it like a freaking uh, clown at a circus, but he somehow holds on to this ball scampers another 20, 30 yards in the end zone. I know that was headed right towards our seats there in that far end zone. We had a great look at it. Great play. Um, seven to six after quarter one uh, missed extra point by Matt Prater. I also have here Matt Prater missed field goal after that. Matt Prater. I just said you're incredible. And you just hit dead middle from 50 and, and from deep. And now you've missed an extra point and a field goal. Come on, buddy. Unbelievable. Grifka, what do you got on the early parts of this game? Carry uh, on looked like the running back that we all expected him to be. Like you said, he mentioned, um, you mentioned the bobble that went for the TD. But he also had a couple other big runs as well. You know, we looked quick off the edge a couple times quick up the middle. Had some nice, you know, eight, nine-yard carries. So it was that running back that we all hope carry on is going to be for us and it was one of those games where he showed flashes that we always talk about and is not like you know again go back and watch it people pull up the lions chargers 2019 like watch some of these early games when carry on's healthy and rolling like he's still more than serviceable nfl running back does he need a partner sure we got Bo scarborough now hey we might draft a player like he can get it done, man. It's just uh, everybody wrote him off because he's been hurt two years. You can't excuse it away. But, hey, man, like, you know, if you get hurt early in your career or late, does it matter as long as he doesn't continue? Like, if he goes the Stafford route and these are his two injured seasons and he ends up playing good for the next few, that's what we're looking for from KJ. So I I, I saw lots of glimpses as well, and I hope that reminds people that, uh, you know, we don't write this guy off. We could have a running back uh 
and a running back a running back by committee, which would be nice to have as well if we're not going to pour into a stud. So 10 to 6 at half. I mean, uh, I wrote here the Chargers got late points, which I still can't figure out how it happened. Like, we basically had them pinned back on the 5, 10-yard line with I, – I wrote down here 20 seconds. And next thing you know, they go all the way down the field with one – thanks to one deep pass and end up kicking a field goal at the half. Like, that that can't happen. Like, there's no reason that they should have been able to get down the field the way they did with where they were and the time on the clock. It should have been a kneel down or a let's get out to the half, and instead they're putting up three points on us late. So that's what I wrote there. Yeah, that uh... – same thing. I made the same point. Uh, Williams, though, as uh, for the wide receiver for the Chargers, that um, I wasn't. He didn't beat Slay. Gosh, who did he beat? Um, yeah, there was Rashad like, Melvin, and um, and, he and just, the safety he, was back there, and they didn't they didn't lay the lumber on him either. That yeah. I wrote that down. Like they kind of both, one got beat and one dove up over the top or something, and Mike Williams just made a diving catch. Like, know, four four seconds left in the half, got out of bounds. They were able to come and get that field goal. So. That's so it's little things like that, that even though lines won, it's just like, come on, guys got to clean that up. I mean, yeah, they know better, but how do you let that happen? So I, uh, I wrote down here kind of, this was second half, uh, (laughs) two TDs taken off the board for the LA chargers. Thank you. Referees. I mean, I'm sure once we get to, uh, some of these other games here, both this week and next, we might have differing views, but the uh, zebras helped us out a little bit here. Took, two touchdowns off the board with those bantam holding calls or blocks in the back. And then Grifka, give them some love. Jelani Tavai comes up over the top uh, on the one yard line. They're trying to run it in. He gets his hands on the football. Devon Kennard, one of your other favorite players, picks it up. Huge turnover for the Lions with 826 left in third quarter. This was probably the rookies, one of his better plays of the season. And Tavai had a sack in week one. So here we are in week two and the rookie second round pick is not only playing, but turning the football over, getting after the quarterback. He had a few nice tackles. I mean, decent seeing him do this early on where a lot of us maybe don't remember way back in the season where he was out there getting legit snaps right from the get-go. Yeah, here's my third quarter notes. I'm going to tell you this. Um, Chargers TV TD called back holding. Chargers, another TD called back, blocking the back. Pass (laughs) interference by Lions takes ball down to the one-yard line. <laughs> San Diego fumble thanks to Devai, 826, third quarter. Nothing <laughs> happens. San Diego missed field goal two minutes. Stafford pick one minute in the third quarter on a long pass. I mean, it's just like that's gotta be one of the sloppiest quarters of football I've ever noted. <laughs> it's like, right. oh my gosh. <laughs> right. I mean the crazy part was like you said, we were there and we we just wanted a W, but you're looking at this game seven to six after one. You know, 10-6 at half, 10-6 heading into the fourth quarter. Matt Safford had not not only one, he had two of those deep punt-like interceptions where he just launches it down the field into double coverage. Uh, And then, and and like you say, it stayed that way right till the end. We end up getting a a great touchdown. You had to love watching that throw again from Stafford to Kenny on the, uh, basically the in-post route. Put it right on him, diving touchdown. Stafford all fired up. That, That was great to see. Right, and once again, I mean, Stafford made the pick, and I guess the Lions, I don't want to say got lucky, because on that drive back downfield, San Diego missed another field goal. So, it's just, it's uh, it's strange, man. You know, we're talking about the defense and improve, but gosh, it was just points where it just seemed like San Diego was moving the ball. My boy, Darius Slay, Keenan Allen, you know, just 
punched him in the face and took his candy all game. You know, the one-on-one, it just seemed until Slay had that pick, you know, at the end of the game. But, geez, I mean, watching, like, Slay just getting, you know, beat like a dusty rug. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you went to that. That's a, that's one of my other Grifka favorites. Says it all day, either that or, or couldn't cover a coffee table with my other favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Grifka, and, and you blew by something that we got to do. So I, I want to hear your your uh, uh, thoughts on this. But let's go back to the multiple missed field goals again in Ford Field. I think it's only fitting. <laughs> I don't Grifka, know if they somebody uh, somebody they is tra- working the air conditioning in Ford Field because we have more missed field goals than anyone i don't even need to go look it up on pro football focus or some other website because i know that's true and and the and the best part is they're always chippies too like nobody's missing 50 yarders or 48 yarders these are like 20 30 yarders that these these bums are blowing wide right wide left off the pipe uh off the crossbar like that there's a definite conspiracy theory when it comes to ford field and these missed field goals yeah, I'm starting to think like our goalposts are like something from like a James Bond movie where like, uh, like you know, Dr. No or somebody's like sitting there. It's like, oh, they're kicking. He hits a button and like they go from like regulation side goalposts to like the ones that you see like on the practice field, you know, that are thinner, you know, not, right. that type. Or, you know, like you know, the old indoor football goalposts, you know, that are like what, five yards apart. So, um, yeah, I swear that's that's what's going on here. I don't know how how this could be in the head because any, any kicker's head's like, oh, it's perfect. It's 70 degrees in. There's no breeze. And they always they always either pull it or push it. It's utterly amazing. <laughs> I was going to say, that's the, that's the best part. It's indoor, perfect conditions. Like, there's really – it's not like these are hype games where the crowd's going berserk and these guys are just spraying it all over the football field. So, I don't know what's going on, but I love it. The Ford Field missed field goal is probably one of my favorite moments on a Sunday, no doubt about it. Um, pretty much guaranteed every other game. We got at least one, maybe two coming our way from the opposing squad. Grifka, let's not waste any more time. We we got the touchdown to Kenny. It's 13-10. Phil Rivers moving his team down the football field. Uh, you know, actually had a run in there, I think, where he moved the chains. Comes down late in the fourth quarter. I think there was only maybe a minute, uh, minute some change left. I have no idea why he threw this football, but he threw a, a – kind of a throw to the front corner of the end zone, kind of on the opposite side of where we're sitting. But me, you, everybody, and our brother could see that not only was it double covered, but Slay was in front. T-Walk was right behind this guy. No way he's catching this football, but your boy, 23, shook his hand, makes the pick. What I thought ended the game, but here we go, the dang NFL timeouts and all that crap. We had to actually go back out on the field. We'll talk about that in a moment. Talk about your boy, big play, play, Slay. Actually, ending this game, had a nice high step after, too, with his crew. Uh, I love the energy, loves the crowd going nuts after this play. Yeah, like I said, you know, the guy has a short memory, so uh, it was nice for him to, uh, you know, recover from all those beatings that he took from Allen to go out there and make the pick. And, you know, not one of those just a pass defender where, you know, hits a guy's hands and then it gets dropped, so... That's that's sweet. I mean, I remember me and you we like high five and everybody in the section. The crowd was going crazy, and then you realize, yeah, there was like a minute ten left, and San Diego had what uh, two timeouts left or three timeouts, three timeouts left, and right. you know, so uh, they had to go back out and to we, the field. The offense had dropped back out there, which ended up being one of my favorite plays of the season, which tells you maybe how the rest of the season ended up going. But um, the Lions come out, you know, they run the football twice. 
I look over at Grifka, already knowing what his answer is going to be, and I say, Grifka, what do you do on third down? Grifka looks at me, says exactly what I thought he'd said. You got to run it. I said, nope, you got to throw it, end this ball game. Give me a little uh, slant, play action, whatever it may be. Let's end this thing. What does Daryl Bevel do? He grows some onions, and he goes and calls a naked bootleg, throw it out to the stiff named Jeff C. James that we paid $8 million to. He makes a heck of a catch, nice throw, dives forward. Is actually closer now that I rewatched it again. He only made it by about a half yard, maybe a three-quarters of a yard past the chains, moves the sticks. We're, we're loving it. We're basically 2-0, and uh, home win at Ford Field. Got to love it good day at the old uh at the old opening day um down there in detroit so loved it man big big win and like I say it wasn't a pretty game but who cares man these are the type of games we want to see them win more often we're not looking for 400 yards and five touchdowns we just want that w and too many times we come up a little bit short so i loved it yeah that uh, the pass to jesse james he must have known that the posse was getting close because it seems like he scampered out of town after that and we never saw him the rest of the year <laughs> Oh, Grifka, that's not a gimmick phrase, but it's definitely worth a bell. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How you pulled that out, I have no idea. But, yeah, in my world, the Lions are basically 2-0. and You, of course, are still sulking over the Cardinals game where you feel like we uh, we lost the game rather than played great for basically 80%, 90% of that game and somehow came away with a tie. Friday, we're going to be talking about Eagles, Chiefs, and, like I say, everybody's got to tune in because we're going to be talking Stafford trade. Um, gosh, I got a, another curveball I might throw at you, Grifka, and you want to ask me about two, I know, so you get my thoughts on that as well. So everybody check us on Friday for the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, but you know we can't end the show yet. Grifka, you got anything else for the people? Uh, Nope. Everybody, please just go tweet at Grifka. Just send him a couple notes to make him laugh uh, this week at DKC. And uh, like I say, we'll catch you back here Friday talking all things Detroit Lions. Please just check us then. Thank you guys so much. Take care. We're out. Pack the bags, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.